This is GabNet, the great American broadcast network. Talk radio like you've never heard it before. It's a Wednesday night, Rob Alfano's Exchange. We're going to open up the Citizen Panel on Skype. GabNet Live is our handle, or call us at 347-352-0079. I hope that you can join us this evening, Wednesday night, on Rob Alfano's Exchange. Hang in there. You know, I know this program goes worldwide, and I also know that people don't necessarily listen to this program um, at the time that it's right now, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. But I got to tell you, the weather has been absolutely fantastic around here. You know, it's gorgeous outside right now. It really makes you feel good. I could drive to work in the morning with the top down on the car. You come home, the top's down, the sun is shining. It makes you feel great. It just, it, the weather affects me. And I know when November comes around, I don't know what it is, and it never affected me before, but the last three or four November, December, January, when you don't get any sun, I start to get vitamin D deficient, and I start to feel lethargic, and I start to feel depressed, and all the things that go along with it. So I wind up popping vitamin D pills, which make you feel better, but there's nothing like that sun, huh? There's nothing like it. Anyway, welcome into the program. It's Wednesday night, Rob Alfano's Exchange. Um, want to tell you what's coming up after me this evening. Alex Bennett's Ramble, of course, at 10 p.m. Eastern from 10 until midnight. At midnight, it's Adventure Night with Revel Stoke Jim's Canadian content. And you never know what that adventure... Uh, I guess the only person that really needs to be concerned or scared is Patrick. Because he's always he's always seems to be the one that pays the most when it comes to it. That's tonight. That's the programming this evening on the Great American Broadcast Network. And of course, here on GabNet, it's always the same. We open up Skype and we turn on the citizen panel and give you a chance to spend the time with us here um, to, uh, you know, give us your ideas. So that's what I just did. I opened up the citizen panel, give you a chance to talk with us, spend some time with us, and um, and and have some fun with us. Uh, we have an hour to do so. Hopefully, we'll get a, a nice little uh, quorum of people. If we get all ten, uh, that would be what Alex calls a minion, and uh, we would love that. I haven't had. I don't think maybe the first night I might have had a minion, but I don't think I've had one since then. We are joined by Rin, and uh, who is obviously wide awake and feeling good. And is that <laughs> your video is uh, uh, is uh, a bit pixelated? Is that a cat on your shoulder? No, it's a cat. It's Dresden. I'm sorry. His name is. Oh, okay. You're breaking up. I I don't know it. Oh. Yeah, your connection. Let me just take a look at something real quickly here in Skype, because the one thing that uh, I we've had some issues with. We had this issue last night. Um, I heard that. Well, we went off the air last night. I mean, we were down, and Alex called and told me he says I'm not hearing you guys. And I looked over at the little on air thing, and it says connecting. Um, mm. But I'm sitting here looking, and I'm thinking, why is it? No, now you've cleared up. Now you've cleared up, but uh, you were you were a little bit garbled and and uh, your video was garbled as well. So I, I'm more concerned about the audio, obviously, as long as we can understand you. Oh. Yeah, I was like listening to the replays last night, and it was like absolutely horrible. I mean, it was like y'all were saying stuff that I didn't even hear, and it made me look like kind of a retard. And um, you know, so. <laughs> Okay, and that's Doug Dupuy who's joined us. Um, Rick uh, Rick Horn has joined us, and uh, and probably Teresa with him because he's home this week. And Sabrina and uh, and Jason is with with us as well. I don't see Rick, and we don't see Sabrina yet. Or Sabrina and Jason. You don't see me? No, not yet. No, it's just me. Oh, no. Hi, is that Teresa or Rick? Oh, wow! It's Rick. 
<laughs> See, hard to tell because everybody's a little garbled. That's why. <laughs> Hopefully that'll clear up. But uh, how's everybody tonight? Are you guys experiencing the same kind of amazing weather that we are here in the D.C. area? Absolutely. Oh, man, it is yeah, just. It's an ideal fall weather down here, like about 75 degrees. Eh, a little rain here and there, but not much. Yeah, I mean, we're not getting any rain, and the temperatures are crisper than that. It's... We woke up in 40 this morning. It was 40? Yeah. Oh, no, no. We were like 53 this morning. So I put the heat on with the top down. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's awesome. You just put the heat down. You put the uh, you know the heat as long as you have your windows up and the heat on, it's like a sunroof. <laughs> it's Tell me, really, why haven't people turned the furnace on already? It's I know uh, we not, did uh, already too. No, yeah. we have to. no we we did not. He did. I don't like being sixty six degree temperatures. <laughs> oh wimp. <laughs> that's I, that's what I love. I've, I've got all the windows in the house open. It was in the fifties when we woke up this morning, and it just feels I love it. And I've got the ceiling fan going full. <laughs> and you know your your uh, your power bills are going to be a lot cheaper now during this period of time. Yeah, no, you no don't get like just extreme heat. You're not getting the extreme cold. So you're getting that nice little in between. I think we turned off the air conditioner last Thursday, maybe. So it's almost a week that it's been off. Shoot, we've had ours off for a month. Well, where are you? Michigan. Oh, well, yeah. This summer has been pretty cold. Yeah. And you're going to get really? snow soon, so. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, shut up. Maine's to shut up. <laughs> Charlie Wallace has joined us. Good evening, Charlie. Hey, everybody. There I am. Jason, you need to take more pictures, uh, like those ruins and stuff like that. I'd love to come to, De- yeah, to Detroit to see you there and take some Stuff of those ruins, but yeah, you need to be posting some. The ones at the Packer plant was great. Yeah, I took those a long time ago. Um, oh. Yeah, every time when I do start taking them, I'm like, man, Doug would have a heyday up here. <laughs> oh, I'm going crazy. No, I'm just like, I, I bought this camera. Yeah, okay, y'all know I bought you know, this. Oh, you bought a camera. And, 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 I've been like going crazy, but now it's like pretty much the only stuff I'm coming down. I'm not passing stuff. I was like, all right, another ruined barn, you know, another little shack, you know, and it's just after a while, it's like, okay. What are you going to do, make it's, a coffee table book or big. something? What are you going to do with all these photos? Are you going to make like a coffee table book or something? What's the plan? Yeah, I mean, actually, I was thinking about like living in Wilmington, we have like a like kind of like a little river street, like a lot of bars and all that. And they have like a lot of activities there, like car shows and arts and crafts and stuff like that. So it's like. Uh, you know, what the fuck? You know, um, I might print some, and if some sell, great. Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, if they don't, no, it's a big deal. I'm going to take any offense to it. <laughs> anybody uh, anybody running the uh, Apple update yet for iOS 8, iOS 8 yet on their phone? I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> Apple's uh, – today was – Today's the first day of the release of the uh, new version of iOS for the Apple for – the, for the iPhones – and for the iPads. And of course, I'm one of those people that the minute I hear it, and I was doing the show prep tonight, I, I was so busy today at work, but the minute I heard it tonight around 6 o'clock, it's still down. It finally now says preparing for update. So it's been, what, let's see, it's wow. three hours that it's still sitting. I could use it. I can minimize it, and I've been using the phone. But, Wife's um, calling. Hold on a sec. But, tell her we love her. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for this to get complete. Hopefully, maybe by the end of the show, I'll have iOS 8 on here. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I have um, an iPhone 5. Yeah. But do they give you an notice that there's an update? Or? So what you need to do is you go to um, you go to settings. Yeah. And then you go to general, the general uh, tab. Uh-huh. And then you click on uh, software update. And it'll t- it'll show it to you right in there. Okay, thank now, you very much. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, and if you don't have enough battery, it won't let you do it. You need there, you need to be plugged in or at least sixty uh, percent or seventy percent battery for it to let you do it. I think I wow, that's sixty-five. Yeah, yeah. That, that might be enough, but it is a long wait, so it's going to queue and queue and spin and turn. That's so. fine. I'm going to be going to do something else. I'm leaving you guys. So have a good night. We'll be online. Bye. Right. So long, Teresa. Is she getting ready for the trip, or she still yeah. got work to do? Yeah, that's cool. Wish I was getting ready. You for guys the trip. leave uh, next Thursday. 
Oh, wow, it's really close. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm up all loose ends right now. I, I oh. just got something very disconcerting on my tickets uh, for the return flight. Alitalia, you know, it's booked through Delta. And uh, I called to try to upgrade. And uh, they're like, well, you're at Delta. And they said, well, you aren't really confirmed, just held or requested. And you have to call now. It's, you call Alitalia. I thought I had reserved seats. Which apparently wow. I did when I spoke to them, and then there's a, uh, a you can go online seat guru who shows the layouts of the planes and tells you what the seats are like. I went on that. Am I, and may I, I, can I interrupt you for a second? Because yeah, am I the only one that's having trouble yeah. hearing you? I was going to ask you. Yeah, I'm fine too. Oh, I can hear him fine. You're hearing him fine. Yeah. So exactly. I'm not really sure if it's if it if the listeners can you know can hear what you're saying because I'm catching like every third word. It's very garbled. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to go on on a long story if that's so, that's. And we're in the case. house. We never have problems. Are you yeah. hearing? Is everybody hearing me? Okay. I hear you. Fine. All right. So uh, and I'm looking at the signal. You know that when you when you put your mouse over the bottom of the screen and that little and it's got it's got a call quality information there and I click on it. And it's telling me that my web, you know, I'm even going to turn off my camera right now and see if that affects it um, and just see if maybe that makes it better. Because telling me my web camera's uh, quality is poor. So I don't know, maybe that'll make it better. I don't need my camera on right now. Um, but uh, I I wanted to ask Rin, we had this chat on um, on Facebook the other day uh, about continuing, the, you know, it's getting worse and worse, the Ebola updates. Do you have anything? Yeah. Well, I do have some new numbers. You do? So then give me a second because we'll continue the tradition. There we go. We'll do that for Albert, you know. He started this whole Ebola thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, more Ebola numbers here, and we'll turn it over to Rin for those. Okay, well, this is from August 28th. They didn't put out numbers for a really long time. And uh, let's see, it's 4,784 cases. That's 1,715 from last day. And 2,461 deaths. I, I'm having trouble understanding you. We're joined by Miranda. I'm wondering, uh, Miranda has a... We don't see your video. We see Yub Yub there, and uh, there's a there's a there's an amber exclamation point by her name. Can you hear me, Miranda? I can hear you fine on oh. the st- stream, but yeah. um, uh, Rick was not coming through at all. I just wanted to let you know. Yeah. I, how how does Rin Rin just uh, was speaking when you came on? Did you hear her okay? Uh, I was on the Skype call, so I have the. Uh... <laughs> Well, I, she was cracking up on the Skype call. Yeah, yeah but, so I think so. I don't know what's going on. I, I just, I just wanted to let you know I'm, I'm still in my office. So and funny I thing go, is, but. and funny thing is, you're coming in loud and clear. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I appreciate I, the call, and I know you got to get back to work. Yep. I'll uh, talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Miranda. Um, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna hang up and try calling back. In you know what? Seat. You know what? I think I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna close and reopen Skype. And try that. Okay. So we'll let everybody hang up and let's try that because uh, it really is getting difficult. So let me hang up on everybody and let me shut down Skype here. Sign out. Oh, that's so sad when you hear that sound, isn't it? Okay, let's log back in. And I think that'll do it. Yes, and we're back in. All right, let's see what we get when uh, when we try this time. Hello, Rick, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you see me? I see you, but uh, I'm also still, you're very pixelated, and um, and you're still breaking up, unfortunately. Hmm. I don't know why. Now I lost you. You're just spinning. Um, it's going to be one of those nights. I'm wondering now, something in my mind tells me that it might have something to do with the with the iOS update? No, uh, this is not an <laughs> Apple. Uh, but with the um, with the update to Skype, Skype. Um, I don't know because it seems that it's been happening since since I updated the Skype software. It was seemed to be fine before that, but um, 
I don't know. Um, Let's hope it settles down or it's going to be uh, a a one way. uh, I'll I'll translate for the audience. You say things and I'll translate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were talking about disease and um, with the Ebola updates, which I don't know how much we how much the audience caught of that. But uh, um, Arena is calling back in now. Um, uh, Virginia is the latest state to detect the respiratory illness caused by that uncommon virus similar to the germ that causes the common cold. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has confirmed that Virginia is among uh, 16 states where the infection enterovirus 68 has been confirmed. Public health officials say that uh, 7 of 10 children have tested positive for the virus. Um, Seven of ten children from where? Like seven of ten children in Virginia? But that's what it says. Dr. Laura Florana uh, Forlana is the state epidemiologist. She said today that all seven children within Richmond area, the Richmond and surrounding regions, and the suspected germ is an uncommon strain of a very common family of viruses that typically hit from summertime through autumn, but the virus can cause... uh, the, the virus can cause, including runny noses, um, coughs, and wheezing and stuff. So, Uh-oh. are we going to hype every disease now? So we went from <laughs> so we we had our Ebola update, and um, and now we just had our uh, virus update, um, and we're not talking the computer type. Uh, Teresa is joining yeah. us on her own. Now, can you, about that. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm clear. No, uh, I wouldn't say clear, but you know. Yeah, you're playing. Okay. okay was, was that handcuffs I saw back there? Uh, so actually, uh, Jason, you're pretty That's clear. Okay. I was, I was, I was thinking that maybe it was something with Rick's computer. No, I don't think so. I think it's because it's not just I Rick. Your upload speed. Now, I uh, Miranda was crystal clear, and actually, Jason, you're you're pretty good too. But then again, too, you guys' video is perfect, though. It's just the audio. Hmm. And how am I coming through? How am I coming? You hear me okay? Perfect. Okay. I hear you you perfectly, Rob. Okay. And now you sound okay. Put your pants on. (laughs) All right. Well, I just wanted to see if that was a problem. I'm going to do stuff. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye, Teresa. Charlie is calling us back. There we go. How you doing, Charlie? No, all right, so all right, is it raining again over there or the season over? Uh, no, I play on Wednesday nights, but my team has tonight off. Uh, okay, I see. What do you mean your team? You, you play, okay. I so play, yeah. I, I umpire on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and I play on Wednesdays and Sundays. Do you have a uh, a real uh, dilemma when you disagree with the umpire about trying to argue with him? You must feel like feel wrong. He knows them all, so they all side with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been doing this for almost thirty years, so <laughs> they all know me. Uh huh. So speaking of sports, um, boy, it just seems to be getting. Uh, maybe, maybe Charlie can answer this question because we were saying. Remember the last time we were talking about the NFL? I had said to Charlie, "What would it take?" And you said you left the Catholic Church after enough dings. Well, yeah. I mean, the NFL is really starting to get dinged now. I yep. mean, uh, Ray Rice, uh, while he may never play in the NFL again, but a dozen other players with domestic violence arrests are still suited up on Sundays. Uh, Ray McDonald and Chris Cook of the, of the uh, 49ers, Tony McDaniel and Kevin Williams of the Seahawks, Brandon Marshall and Santonio Holmes of the Bears, Greg Hardy of the Carolina Panthers, Des Bryant of the Cowboys, Eric Walden of the Colts, Dante Whitner of the Cleveland Browns, Randy Stark of the Miami. I mean, this is crazy. Randy Stark of the Miami Dolphins. He said the ones who didn't happen. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> all right. And there's a lot of players in the NFL, but you know, I'm not done naming them yet. Frosty Rucker of uh, the uh, Cardinals. Uh, they've all been arrested for domestic violence or related charges since 2005, according to a USA Today database that tracks players' arrests since 2000. Uh, some fought the charges and won. Others accepted blame, served short suspensions, and returned to the game. The rest are still waiting their day in court. The focus of intense new scrutiny in America's most powerful sports league faces growing criticism over the handling of players' off-the-field content uh, conduct. 
Uh, if there's one pending case that reflects the NFL's inconsistencies, it's Greg Hardy's. The defensive end was found guilty of assaulting and threatening to kill his ex-girlfriend at his home in May. He is appealing that verdict. And because of that, Panthers coach Ron Rivera let him play the season opener. But Rivera changed his mind after the release of a video that we all saw of Ray Rice uh, cold cocking his fiance in the uh, in Atlantic City's uh, elevator, uh, citing the league's changing climate. Rivera benched Hardy for the Panthers' second game. Uh, but he reversed himself the following day, saying that Hardy would not be suspended and leaving the op- leaving open the possibility that he could return to the field this weekend. Greg, this is a quote from Rivera. Greg is a is with the team. Uh, we're in a situation, obviously, where we're going to go through this week and evaluate in light of a lot of the things that have happened. We're going to continue to gather information on this. What does that mean? Does that mean he wants to see what the, I mean, what's going to change as far as Hardy's case? Nothing. It means he doesn't care. It, it means that he wants to see what the climate is. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got, it's, one of the sponsors dropped out. Um, ah, I had it in my head. One of the sponsors threatened, and that's Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch says, we're unhappy. Now, they're afraid to drop out because they know what will happen because Coors Miller will jump in, jump and in, that's yeah. a big loss for Anheuser-Busch, but they did come out to say that they're very unhappy about uh, the way the NFL is handling uh, these offenses. But um, what would you be waiting for if you're the, if you're the Panthers or the coach? Uh, what, what's going to happen between now and the weekend? If anything, it seems that it escalates. It's, it's, it is now like a, a, a spotlight on, uh, on, on the sport. And everybody's in on it. And I don't know where it's going to end, but it just doesn't. It, I mean, how many players can you name? And why do you think that's the case? It's just because these guys have been spoiled their whole lives. Athletes get special treatment, and they can do whatever the hell they want, and somebody covers for them because they need their abilities, whether it's in college or even in high school it starts. So you, you don't think it has anything to do with any kind of perform, performance-enhancing drugs which cause violent activity? I mean, some of these guys are massive. Yeah, yeah I think it's a sport. I didn't hear anybody. Everybody talked at once there. <laughs> anyway, uh, go ahead, Rin. Um, I forgot what I was <laughs> About the performance-enhancing, you know. And, and it kind of messes things up. Um, about the performance-enhancing drugs? Oh, the, the, just the game is a performance-enhancing drug because it's such a day. I mean, and if you live day in and day out smashing into other people, it's going to leak into your personal life. Yeah, it could be. I, that's I, what I was going to say. It's a violent sport. You know, that's what they're trained to do. You know, why wouldn't you handle situations just like at work? You know, you handle situations at work, they probably flows into your personal life at home, and you might end up handling similar situations in the same aspect, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it could be an amalgam of all of it. Like like Rick said, um, if your whole life you've been sheltered from trouble because you're val- – because you've hey, – look, I know I had a cousin who used to – who was – when he was very young was – a very, very above, extremely talented baseball player. And he, he, he was able to play with kids much older than him. And his family went out of their way to do everything possible for this kid to spoil the hell out of him because they wanted him on that baseball field. In the end, it didn't build any character. And when he had to get serious, he couldn't get serious. And he started getting into, he got distracted and he got into trouble and he, you know what I mean? So it, it fizzled when he was 17, 18, 19. He had a lot of promise, but I think all of the, all of the coddling and all of the sheltering and never having to get a job and always just being always written up with a newspaper and, you know, for being a star yeah. and all that. I think it just, it gets to you. And some people can't handle it. So they act out in those ways, especially, you know, like violence begets violence. And if you're used to dealing in a violent situation, you're going to deal with it. I think it's a big problem for the NFL if 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 they don't find a way to put a cap on it, stop it, you know, 
you know, you got to look at a lot of these players too, where they come from and everything. You you take somebody who might be, he might have been a punk all of his life. You know, we have one kid right now here in Detroit. He was caught on videotape body slamming a school security guard because he told him to remove his hoodie. You know, and everybody, everybody around was rooting for this guy because he was already signed to play for MSU on a full ride. He is a junior, and he already signed a letter of intent. Oh, you know, so he, he had to serve like two months over the summer in jail. You know, and then he would have got been on probation, and he would have got it all expunged off his record. And then he ended up, Doug. Doug, you're slapping back. You can lower your uh, speaker. But then he ended up the day he got out of jail. He ended up getting caught. He was choking out his girlfriend and beating her up because he wanted to check her cell phone. But, you know, some of these kids, they come from these type of situations, inner city and everything, and they, you know, that might be what they've experienced. And they go through college and they go through college. They don't have to go to classes. They get everything handed to them. And then they go on and they make all this money, you know, and now you took somebody who might have, you know, might not have had much growing up. And then now they have everything. And they've never had to suffer consequences for anything. And, now it's some of it's coming to light. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, Jason's right. He, he, a lot of us do. How are these, you know, how are the kids in or the guys in question here raised? You know, if they were raised the same way, their parents were abusing, abusive to them, then, right. you know, or their, their mothers, whatever, and, and it tends to carry on. Yeah, no question. Um, I, I just think it's uh, the NFL is going to have to deal with it. They're going to have to deal with these players. I know that they're working with the players, they give them courses on how to spend their money, how to save their money, how not to get taken in by, you know, because uh, so many of them go broke. Yeah. They have all this money and they spend every penny coming in and going out. And then when they're done, they've put nothing away. So I know they, they get they get all kinds of schooling when it comes to that. Yeah. And, but football's and, not the only sport that happens. That I mean, probably no, about I, every sport pretty much that happens. I think football is probably more uh, volatile because of the kind of contract they have. There's not guarantee. Like, you know, look at A-Rod, right? A-Rod signed this a massive contract. He sat out a year. He didn't get paid his full salary, but they still have to pay him. There's a yeah. th- th- he's getting paid something. I'm not quite sure. And he'll be back next year. He'll be back in April. They can't get rid of him with football. They could say you're done. And, th- and then you go from right. They don't have a union that they done with you. Yeah, they don't have the union that they have in uh, in, in like Major League Baseball to to protect them more. And well, look and, at boxers. Boxers don't have a union. I mean, there's so many, you know, boxers that, you know, they get brain damage, too, because they're getting punched in the head and all that and just have managers like, you know, wonderful Don King or Bob Arum that, you know, takes a good percentage and all their trainers. But there's not nearly the kind of money in boxing as there is in pro baseball or pro football or even basketball or hockey. I think Floyd Mayweather might argue with you on that one there, but. But it's an exception, though. It's not everybody. Well, no, no, no. Think about how many people. Think about how many people the sport of baseball and football give a lot of money to, and how many people does the boxing community give a lot of money to? Right? There's only a few people who make a lot of money in boxing. Oh, yeah, a small handful. That's true. It's not a lot of money. It's not the kind of kingdom that you have in in football or baseball or or basketball where you're supporting a whole ton of corporations out there these guys are all corporations uh, and even the person boxing the person look big if you win but that's split up a million different ways right. yeah. that's not what you're netting and what is that purse what is that purse what's the biggest kind of what's a big purse well it depends on like what they first agreed to you know the split and all that but I, because i think no, 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 what's, it, what, what's the total like, purse what's the total purse forget about what they're well, i think i think floyd mayweather for the fight was like 40 million or something like that but for pay-per-view his share is going to be like 100 million okay so there's really good money for one well, fight but it's yeah i mean as but rick said it's going to get split up you know his manager's going to get some from and it's not just it's not just one fight. It's months and months and months of preparation and training. So, it, yeah, you know, it's it's not just right. yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I haven't heard any. You know, they're talking about the possible. I've heard. I read this the other day. I don't know if anything has come out since. I've had this story that I've has been sitting here with me. We've just not gotten around to it. But again, have you heard about uh, there's a possibility of a, if Roger Goodell does step down there, they're talking about another 
a female commissioner? Has anybody Bullshit. heard? Anybody heard who they're talking about? Yeah, Condoleezza Rice. Exactly, Condi oh. Rice. Oh, oh, that's gonna be hilarious because I, I, the last couple of days I was like listening to the you know the the typical talking right hand right I mean you know right wing hate machine there. And they're talking about how the NFL was bringing like three ladies in to kind of, you know, I don't know, you know, do some research or something. And they're like saying, oh, they're chickifying the NFL. They're making it politically correct and this and that and everything else. But boy, if they bring in Condoleezza Rice, I, those same people are going to praise what a great job the NFL did bringing in such a great lady. Oh, I, that's going to be great to see. Well, she's a, she's a longtime uh, Cleveland Browns fan, and she said it's her dream job. She would love the opportunity uh, to be a GM. God, I hope it happens. I'm it not a football fan either, but I hope it happens, though. I love all this stuff. See, I don't watch the games, but I, I love all the headlines. And I, and for any sport, <laughs> I, I find it fascinating. I, I do. I, I Like I said, baseball season's ending, and so my, my interest in what happens on a field wanes. I like hockey. I, I do enjoy hockey a lot. But I don't, I don't have a heart in the game. I don't have a team that I root for or whatever. But I love reading the headlines. I know that this is the horrible part of the sport, but I find it fascinating when you start, you know, when everybody just starts ganging up. It's, it's, it's gang mentality to a, a, to a large extent. Um, and that's what it is. Uh, we know, could- I'd love to see Condoleezza Rice become the commissioner because, you know, then W could come back and be our cheerleader. <laughs> oh, I was just watching. Oh, now I see him in a short skirt. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> he was a cheerleader in college. That's right. He was. He was a cheerleader in college. Yeah. He was Dick Cheney's cheerleader in in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, I was watching tonight. I don't. It was History Channel or Biography. One of them. And they were. I guess it's near the end of September now, or the middle. You know. Uh, it was all about nine eleven. And they were showing this whole thing on uh, the lead up to 9-11 the, the, from, from, from September 10th to September 11th. But not necessarily from the point of view of what we know happened, but more about from the point of view of the president. They showed the video of him sitting in the schoolhouse and they showed his little chat with the kids and they showed his uh, uh, and then he, he, he was interviewed and talked about. Well, I was sitting there, and when I heard the news, uh, I, you know, I, I just tried to be, you know, first thing I thought of, got to be calm. You got to be calm. A leader has to be calm. And he, you know, just being interviewed about the whole process, um, and it was uh, it was about everybody's life. Uh, people who lost their lives, people who were at the towers the night before, up at the the restaurant till till one o'clock in the morning. They get up the next day, and and it's gone. It was, you know, it was interesting. I'd never seen that one, and I don't even know why I was watching it, but. It was on, so I, I didn't even have to. I just turned the TV on, and there it was, and it changed the channel. But uh, I thought that was fascinating. Have you ever caught any of those like conspiracy films on nine eleven? A couple. I don't like yeah. to watch that stuff because I can get sucked in. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I'll just say I'll keep an open mind. But I saw some of those things, and it's like, you know, like you get sucked in. It's like. Yeah, how can you don't hear from that witness anymore or this or that, but, you know, it's just... You talked to, um, what's his name, former governor of Montana there. Um, oh, Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura, yeah. man, and he'll sell you on, on the conspiracy theory of 9-11. And I, I've listened to him, and you say, yeah, what he says sounds, you know, but if you have to, if you're going to believe in that, then to me, you might as well give up because then the whole country is shot. <laughs> you know, it's just, it really, it's sad. If, if you're to believe that, then... How do you go on with your life? But, but but Jesse brings up a point, and Alex even brings it up too about how the Vietnam War, you know, was kind of pretty much because it of a you know, farce. Shit. Yeah, it was a lie. Yeah, yeah that that proof. Gulf of Tonkin never happened. And isn't there right. proof that they had evidence? Of yeah, and others? other countries do that too. I mean, like like when Russia and Ukraine, you know, sending soldiers in, and you know. Well, anyway, well, we know they lie to us all the time. Nine Eleven is. Is you know it's speculation. There's no real evidence there. Do you really think that the United States government would allow that kind of yeah. damage to a major city in the United States, the, Listen, the largest the, the, city the, in the, the country? The two things that got me is just the two, two control falls. Yeah, I mean those demolitions. I mean, my God. I mean, yeah. If these were planes that landed and both the planes, I mean, both the buildings go down the same way, you know, it's just kind of. 
not just both. What about Building Seven? They never oh, had yeah, oh, yeah, that's another seven. one too. Yeah, buildings in it Manhattan wasn't even hit by a plane. Buildings in Manhattan are designed to collapse within themselves. That's correct. They are, and and I watched a whole special about they they interviewed right after nine eleven. The same, you know, within the month. They interviewed the architects of the uh, building, and he explained why it fell that way, the way the heat uh, made everything buckle and, the why, and why it came down exactly straight like that. So, I mean, boy, you, you I really... think that's hard to believe. A plane hits it on one side, and all that jet fuel is going to be more concentrated on one side, but yet it falls straight down. So you're also Plus, somebody who... Jesse would... says the type of fuel uh, they use is, is inflammable. But there was no plane fuel in Building 7. Huh. So how did it fall? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but hey, let's talk about the moon landing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood? There's no conspiracy there. Because I was at McDonald Observatory here in Texas, and I have shot a laser beam off of the, the stuff left by the astronauts on the moon. So that really happened. Oh, cool. <laughs> Really? How does the flag wave in the wind on the moon? It didn't wave. It was hanging there. It was vibrations from them jumping around, vibrating the ground. It was hanging yeah. in the water. Oh, vibrations. I mean, they caused the moon to you know move when they jumped on it, making vibrations. <laughs> I can do that here in my house. I can jump up and down and make things wave on the wall. <laughs> he yeah, but the flag was on the planet, not in your room. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, look at this. Unable to install updates. Software update requires at least 50. Now, see, because I don't have enough battery, I'm under 50% of my so battery. Because it took, I had 92% when I got started. I'll hey, Rob, it. I apologize when I got off and uh, I was expecting a quick conversation with my wife, but yeah, my brother-in-law is we sick. Didn't, we didn't hang up on you. We hung up on everybody because we were having so much yeah. trouble with Skype. So it wasn't like I said, screw you, and hung up on oh, but still, oh, I, oh, I don't, I, I, But still, I was, I was gone for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, well, I just, You did the right thing, Doug. <laughs> we have room okay, on the Doug, citizen okay. panel. We yeah, have made for a much better show. We have anyway. we have room on the citizen oh. panel. Just join us at Gabnet Live. It's one word: Gabnet Live on Skype, or you can call in, like uh, Doug has done once in a while. And we had uh, Bob call in uh, last night. It's area code three four seven three five two zero zero seven nine. That's three four seven three five two zero zero seven nine to join us on the citizen panel. Charlie, you had your hand up. Uh, yeah, you had asked, uh, do I really think the government was – I think what happened is they had agreed to let some kind of terrorist thing happen. They just didn't know how bad it was going to be. That's why Bush had that shocked look on his face. He knew something was going to happen because they pulled back all the planes. that they, they couldn't scramble any jets up in the air because they were doing some kind of training exercise. The only time in the history of the country that every plane has been – Convenient. Allocated somewhere and couldn't fly, so, couldn't be called up. So what are you saying? You're saying that you're saying that uh, they they said to him, "Go ahead, do something. We don't want to know yeah. what it is. Just they don't do too much." Like blowing up a van in the middle of the street or something, like the ninety three, and, and, and that would be their cause to go to war because they were looking for a cause to go to Bush said that before he even got into the presidency. If he actually, ever got a chance to go to war, he would jump on it. Actually, I heard yeah, him say and, and on definitely the go after and go after Iraq too. I heard him say on the interview tonight, you know, when you become a wartime president, everything changes. I didn't run on being a wartime president. So I was thrust into it and every decision suddenly becomes uh hypersense hypersensitive. He said he didn't run on being a wartime president. That's bullshit. That's not what Richard Clark said. He said yeah. the day they took office, they were talking about how are we going to get into Iraq. Hey, yeah, I mean, he, 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 said, he said that on the campaign. It was to go to Iraq. Yeah, he said that on the campaign trail. They asked him about what Saddam, yeah. about Saddam. He goes, don't worry, we're going to get Saddam. He wasn't even office then, but that was during, during the campaign. He said, don't worry, we're going to get Saddam. Osama bin Laden was CIA. That's why of course, why, you know, we, we funded him when he started out. Yeah, that's how he became and, and why did Bush say he quit looking for Osama? I mean, that's another thing. Osama yeah. does all this stuff, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm not interested in him. I don't care what he does. Okay. Yeah. You think Osama's in the, in the CIA with Elvis? <laughs> and Andy Kaufman, <laughs> too. And Andy Kaufman, yeah. Yeah. That's why they had that's to kill him. They couldn't bring him in. Yeah. Chuck Harris. 
are, are, are you half kidding, Jason, or are you serious about that? It, are you, no, are you, I, I really think because he was a government operative. He was a government operative at you know when they were fighting the Russians. So why wouldn't he have still yep. been? He had too many secrets from the government. We couldn't let him live. They had to kill him. We armed him and funded him. For he wasn't a government. If he was, he was an independent Mujahid. So why didn't why didn't he come out and say something about it? Then he could have really hurt the country if he'd have come out and said something about because it. Because he was probably still working for the government until the end, you know. Or he did, and it, it never got out. That's why we never found him because we told him, "Well, hey, we're letting you go. We'll just never find you," you know. And then hey, suddenly. If that happened, because hey, he was conveniently dumped over the ship, you know, over the side of a boat. Yeah, yeah but then we got a new sheriff in town, Obama, and Obama got him. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's heavy. It's, <laughs> I I can't live in a country like that. That's why I can't okay, believe it. Bye. See ya. <laughs> it's no easier living in a country run by this oligarchy of of, of billionaires. Yeah. 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 I go just, to Canada, but they don't want us. No, they don't. Not even our draft dodgers anymore. We talked about that last night, right? They don't even want our draft dodgers anymore. Ah, what are we going to do? By the way, uh, Friday night, we're going to play the trivia game again. Um, if you if you uh, had a chance to uh, to play, uh, I think just, just Rin, right, on this panel played last time. Yeah, because it was... Uh, uh, I like yeah, the last one a little bit better. Yeah, that's the new format where um, I might be a little bit more willing to stick around on that one than uh, the other just celebrity type of thing because she might be okay at that. But like I've said in the past, I don't know names. Yeah, right. well, the the categories are much broader, and what we're doing is um, they're questions, and they're not they're not clues, but you know, based on trying to to guess a specific person, they're they're questions and. I do have the 50 states this time. I got burnt last week on that. I pulled that one back up. So uh, that's okay. this Friday night. We're going to do it. Uh, so if, if you if you are going to be around. And we got to get a quorum to do it. I mean, if we can't get three or four people, then yeah. we can't do it. So I'll try um, to call, but, you know, you know on Fridays, I'm usually him. TV time with the wife. What's that, TV time with the wife? That's what a DVR yeah. is for. Yeah. Can you DVR your I wife will, too? I will. I, <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I'd love to bring my wife on sometime, but I hate to be set. You know, what would probably be set. You know, questions they would ask her. Hey, are you allowed to drink in front of your wife, Doug? Oh yeah, I constantly do. <laughs> I didn't know because you never see her when you're home. Because I'm in the garage, or she's crashed. Yeah, she works a lot of hours. She's the hardest working woman I know. What does she and, do? What does she do? She's a CPA, has her own oh. business. Oh, okay. Use your help now. Well, she's like on, like, yeah. Time. And you're on the road all the time. When do you ever see each other? I guess that's why we've been married for 30 years. You hardly see one another. <laughs> you're telling your anyway, No, I'm just kidding. No, it's just. Uh, Have you been a traveling hey, hey, salesman your whole working career, Doug? Yeah, pretty much. Ah, so yeah. you've always done that kind of trip. You too, I mean, Rick? I, Have you always traveled like that? Your entire working career? Pretty much ever since I've been 21 years old. Uh, I started off, um, I tried to be a, like a, a manager at McDonald's. Oh I was like 19, 20 or so. Oh, that God. paper okay. hat, I could see you in the paper hat. The paper hat, slightly, but no, it, it was like, I think the paper hat, maybe a week, at, you know, when I was working the French fry thing and the milkshake machine and the grill. And then they, you know, and then they gave me the wonderful shirt with the golden arches on it. But if you go to Hamburger U and they have a plaque for like worst managers, I'm sure my name is on the very top in the big gold print. I mean, I, I'd have like I think I've told this before. I, I think I've told this before. I mean, well, I always got stuck with closings because they hated me there, and like where they hate me about everywhere else. But um, and, and anyway, I, but I would get rid of like all the people I knew who were straight. And I would have like these like hash and pot parties while we're closing up. Oh, that kind of straight. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> but but the worst thing I did, I'll make this as brief as possible. I had two guys that hated one another there, and we we're leaving, and they saw that I had some boxing gloves in my car because I was like taking karate and all that kind of stuff. And, and so they like challenged one another to a fight. Now, if I was a responsible manager, I would say, "You're not fighting here. Y'all go somewhere else. You get out of here. You get off McDonald's property." 
Hell no. I'm opening my damn you – know, I was a 280Z. I was in a hatchback. I'm giving them gloves. I'm telling I'm going to referee. And, and so they start – one guy was like really tall. One guy was like freaky tall. He was like 6'4", but super skinny. And he hits this one guy who's about my size, and that guy turns around and takes the gloves off. And everybody's like, like hey, Doug, you and Chip fight. You and Chip fight. You know, the manager fight with an employee. And, you know, so I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm putting the gloves on. I'm thinking, I'm going to kill this guy. And we're on a parking lot. I mean, that's a stupid thing. We weren't on grass. We are on a damn asphalt parking lot. Anyway, I, I'm sure I resembled a uh, – I, I was doing a good impression of a bobblehead doll uh-huh. because that guy had his long arms. He's like the, the beating my head. I'm How old like, were oh, you, Doug? How old were you? I was like 19 or 20. Oh, okay. That'll explain a little bit, maybe. Yeah. When I was the manager at McDonald's, oh, I, I mean, back then I was probably laughing about it, bragging about it, because I did nail that guy really good. <laughs> out of a desperation, you're still bragging about it. <laughs> hey, Rick, have, are you uh, somebody who is like, also it's probably like one of the dumbest, the dumbest yeah. things I ever did? Hey, Rick, are you also someone that's always worked on the road your whole life? No, I've done a bunch of different things. Um, I've been on the road like this uh, for 20 years now, but uh, prior to that, it was for the six, six years before that, I was, I was relatively local. I was in sales, and then before that, I was with the uh, New York City Parks Department for a number of years. I was doing special events, and I was director of maintenance and operations for the borough of Queens. Oh, wow. And before that, there was school. I owned a uh, coffee shop right next to that I worked at for a while. My wife uh, got a job today. She was so thrilled. She went on her first interview. She's going to be working for um, uh, an an elder care uh, facility. Well, not a facility. It's a. She's going to be visiting for. She's got her first client Monday. She's going to go to the person's house, and she goes visiting angels. Yeah, you you go and you're a companion, and you're there to. How are, my father had it the last six months or so of his life. Hospice. Where it's not hospice. Um, she's not a medical personnel Except yet. checking on you. Right. They come in, they yeah. check on you. They spend, you know, she'll be there for four hours. She'll sit with him, have conversation, ask him if everything's okay. Can she help him? Does he need a bath? Anything right. that needs to be done. Slap uh, him around, ask him where the money's hidden at. Yeah. <laughs> so she's all Everyone thrilled about that. A gift. So she's all thrilled about that, and and she's also babysitting. She's got two jobs already, so things are things are moving well for her. She's so Jamaican. I'm sorry. Is she Jamaican? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think about Jamaican. She's have about four jobs. That's anyway. true. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> it was a Saturday Night Live routine with that, right? Uh, yeah. Nah, it was in Living Color. Oh, was it in Living? It was in Living Color. You're yeah, right. It yeah. was in Living Color. I got this job. I got go that job. Yeah. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, I love that show. That was probably one of the best shows ever. It was short-lived. That on film was great. <laughs> it was a short-lived great show. Uh, anybody else have anything they'd like to bring up before? I got a couple of more little stories here. I've got one about food stamps uh, and what's going on with that. But does anybody have else anything else they uh, would like to talk about besides uh, fighting at McDonald's? I, I was just going to say I wish that Jeff would have called me because I wanted to rip him and Doug about them talking shit about unions last night. Why? What do you mean? Because Jeff was blaming everything on the unions. And, you know, if I show up to work late, whose responsibility is it to punish me? Is it the unions or is it management's? It's management's. And if I do it again, whose responsibility is it to punish me? Union or management? It's always management's responsibility. Exactly. You get too many managers who will sit there and they don't want to do shit about troublemakers and they always blame it on the union. Oh, it's too much work, blah, blah, blah. Do your fucking job. You well, know, because I'm union, I'm 100% pro-union, and I also believe that there's fuck-ups who don't belong there at the job and management needs to do their job to get the people out of there who can't do the job. But, but J- Jason, would you, would you uh, acquiesce the point that there are and there were maybe more at one time than now? Plenty of union jobs. I'll give you, for instance, I used to work at Yankee Stadium. Uh, one season, I worked in the broadcast booth with the away announcers. So, uh, Yankee Stadium, heavily union. I was at uh, IBEW Union, right? Yeah. And so, 
one particular day, I was relatively new. It was or still spring. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I had to do was help them on with their jackets and get them ready when it was time to go on camera. They would do like a third inning, you know, little, you know how you've seen it on TV where they're sitting in the booth while they're talking and then they, you know, they start the inning there and they go back to the game. Well, to do that, usually they put, they're not wearing their jackets during the game. They put their jackets on and then we got to put the broadcast lights on so they can see them. So yeah. this particular night, you know, I know this is coming up. I walked over, and I'm telling you, it's a light switch like I have on my wall right back there. I went over, and I flipped the light switch on, and um, we did our live shot, went back. I turned the light switch off, and I'm sitting down. We're probably an inning later. I'm sitting there. All of a sudden, I get a tap on my shoulder. Guy comes over to me. goes to me, I want to see your union card. I said, uh, what are you talking about? He said, I heard you turned on the light. I said, yeah, he said, try that again, and I'll go out and I'll cut the I'll cut the broadcast cables from your TV truck out there. But you know what? I got to ask you go two ahead. things. One, that agreement was between union and management that that was somebody's specific job to do that. Right. So you can't blame that just on the. I'm union. not blaming. I didn't blame the engineer. But, but, but what? I, go ahead. It's the attitude. Hold on a second, Doug. My other point on that is, what year was that? 1990, uh, I got married in 93, 92. Okay. How was the economy back then? Oh, gee, I don't remember. I, you know, it wasn't great uh-huh. I, because I had lost my job. I was working for a sports television network that if went under. If you were unionized, you would have kept it. <laughs> um, yeah. um, no, because they canceled the show. They canceled the show, and so the union guys would go too. But- you know, because I've been with people before who talked about, you know, oh, the electricians, you know, you have the electrician who comes in, you know, back in the day who he would hook the wire up to the outlet and then he'd put the outlet back in the receptacle. And then you had another guy who he would come and put right. the cover on the thing. Right, exactly. People. But then I asked, how was the economy back then? You know, when you have all these, you know, when we had the, the strongest unions, amount of unions and the higher taxes, our economy was good. You know, but, you yeah, Jason, yeah. working. Hey, Jason, yeah, I, I, I understand there's, you know, pros and cons, you know, to unions and all that. But there was like this particular time, there was like a thing, I think it was called a movie about like Made in America. But it was like the strike at the Hormel plant. And it, it was just this, this attitude where people were like just doing, you know, making killer money for, you know, I mean, more money than a police officer doing, you know, a simple thing, putting, you know, labels you know, into a you know, uh, you know, into a slot, pretty much. But but and, like, but, but, yeah, but I'll, I'll shut up. But I like I, I managed the company for a while, and it was like this particular attitude I got from some employees I had. Uh, it, was a, it was a small insulation company I was managing while I was in between jobs, and um, these some reason the manage uh, the owners of the company were paying you know these employees on a Thursday. And the good percentage did not show up on Friday, even though they were living a pretty much, you know, not the best lifestyle in the world. But it's like, hell, I got paid. I ain't going to show up on Friday. That's three days I can be drunk. But when I changed it to Friday, when I told them, I said, nah, you know, they get paid on Friday for now on. They're like saying, well, we're the ones who make the money for the company. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? This is me who manages it. I'm going out selling, getting contracts signed and everything else. You get out there, you know, with your three teeth, and I'm not putting down people's appearance, but you, you know, you go down and you try to sell a contract to get, you know, I'm the one giving you work, and you're asking me, like, you're the one who's making the money for me. I'm confused. I, I can go get clowns like you all day long. Doug, but I'm confused. Doug, that goes back to my point. Whose responsibility is it to make sure they show up? Manager's responsibility. Don't work. But it's a particular attitude. That's why I just didn't like about it. What's that got to do with unions? Yeah, I was going to say, what does that have to do with unions? Really, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what you're, where you were going with the whole union. Well, no. After a while, when you had some, when unions were like were very, very strong, you had people who felt like they ought to be making doc salaries for doing extreme blue collar work. Well. Th- because they're paid that way. Go ahead, Rin. Um, I was a shop steward for the local city union, uh, which is hotel workers. And there are a lot of assholes who try to take advantage of the contracts. Absolutely. 
but there are also really good people that work really hard for the money that they're getting. I understand that, but they see, and again, I have to go back to broadcasting because it's the only union I was ever involved with. And right. so, so uh, you work on a, so it, the way TV has evolved, I guess the unions didn't evolve with it. At one point in time, when I have a friend who used to work, he still works at NBC in New York City, and he would get put on the show, a soap opera called The Doctors, and that recorded in Brooklyn. Now, he was brought in for a full eight hours. Now, think about that. This guy makes a nice salary. He's brought in for eight hours, and you know what his entire day was consisted of? It consisted of recording an actor with a little reverb in his voice just for like, you know, a dream, not a dream sequence, but a thought sequence where the guy's sitting at his desk, you know, and you hear like a little thought. And his responsibility was to record that 22nd thing. And then at the proper time in the show, when the director said, hit play, play it back. Got a full day's pay for that. I bet he hit it play right on the exact I understand time. that, but and I get that, but and you're right. But really, I mean that that that's what chokes business. I get well, unions are important, but you can't choke business. Between the two. They right. both agreed upon that. They did. But times have changed. At one time it was way more complicated to do the tasks that you had to do in a television situation. It required a separate person. And to give those the toughest thing for any union to do is to give back jobs. Yeah. So, and, and as technology changes, I mean, the way they do it today is one man, right? He's got a button right here, presses the button and, and boom, it plays. And he records it himself too. All of this is, you're right. It's agreed between the two, but at some point you begin. So what happened is the cable companies came in and the cable companies were non-union. And everybody's looking at the quality of the cable television shows that they're producing, and they're saying, look at the programs they're putting out, and look at the money that they're putting them out for, and look at what we're spending. And right, I, but that, now what's happened to everybody's salary? Look at, the, look at the radio industry. It's in the toilet. Right. Now, again, I'm, I'm, not saying that I, 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 I'm not saying there should be no unions. I'm saying that if you work there, you should be in a union and paid that way. But the reunions just grew. They became like dinosaurs that you couldn't fix. You couldn't, they didn't want to give back the jobs. And I, you know, I understand why, because it's, it's all about union dues. They want the, the keep filling the coffers. The funny thing about this is like, sort of like, I know that people complain about GM. So I say, you know, there's like lifetime insurance, like, Oh, that's horrible. You know, that makes your cars not competitive because that has to be included in the price of the cars. But these same people who are saying this is horrible and all that are like in the Senate and the Congress. As soon as they leave office, they get what do they get lifetime health insurance. Hey, look, it'd be fine if the there taxpayer. was. It'd be fine if it was a if it was a level playing field all over the place, but it's not. So now you're conf- The networks were competing against cable for for production and for what they charge for ad dollars and just in general and dollar. Same thing with the car companies. You got GM that, that was the largest purveyor of Viagra of anybody in the country, anybody in the world. They, you know, I mean, that's the kind of contracts that they build. They agreed to them. Uh, Stupid thing. They agreed to, but it makes them, it could bring the company down. Don't you think? But you know the one thing that you know, I, I remember when uh, it came time to bail out Wall Street, which we did, you know, as a taxpayer money. And then when it came time when these bankers, you know, had the balls to say, "Hey, we want our bonuses," you know, they were in our yeah. contract, and you had all the you know righties saying, "Hey, this is their contract. They, you know, they that's what they signed up for. You need to pay them because you know, they, you know that was in their contract, even though they failed." And then when it came time for like, you know, when Scott Walker was taking away, you know, contracts from cops and teachers and all that, those same people were like, well, they can't afford it. Look at that. You know, this is crazy. Same thing with GM. You know, you know, you shouldn't honor that contract. So, I mean, this hypocrisy is just amazing. I don't don't, go ahead. Name one company that was shut down and went out of business as a result of having a union. Other than that the company shut themselves down because they didn't want to be Yeah, it. you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, we're about out of time here. I'd love to continue this discussion oh, wow. on, on, uh, on Good night, unions. Everybody. But uh, I'd like to thank you all for joining. We had a little problem with Skype, but we got through it. Doug, Charlie, Rin, Rick, and Jason, thank you very much. 
We uh, hope, hope to care. see you again tomorrow. And where is the little button here? There it is. Time to say goodbye. Alex Bennett and the Ramble is next here on the Great American Broadcast Network, followed by Rebel Stoke Jim's Canadian content. It's coming up right here in just a few seconds, in fact, on GabNet. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow at 9.